all right good evening everyone hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are as always we'd like to say praise the lord thank the lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together this is september 17 2020 and week 85 if you're new around here welcome to joy in the midst of the storm a program where we like to do weekly live stream bible studies and upload audio versions of them to every major podcast podcast platform shortly thereafter and if you've been with us for a while welcome back as we always like to say we appreciate you guys tuning in week in and week out to listen to what thus says the lord and just like last week this is another pre-recorded video so we hope you guys get something out of the message we hope you enjoy it we hope we can reach somebody in any way possible and we want to encourage you guys to reach out to us any questions or concerns that you may have that's bible related we're more than happy to and yeah that's just about it so from the title we'll be talking about communion what is it what is it for when what do we do it what is the reason that we do it um some churches do it on fourth sunday on the first sunday no matter when we do it what is the reason that we do it so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight and without any further ado i'm going to pass it over to minister tony banks so we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message we hope you guys enjoy it thank you melvin as always we always like to start with a prayer i I remember the times where I used to forget, but I thank God that now he's uh, put it inside of my mind. And uh, I'm not saying I'll never will forget it, but <laughs> but I thank God I'm better than what I was. So uh, if you are at a place where you can uh, and will join us, we definitely encourage you to do so because it's important. Heavenly Father, thank you for just this day. Thank you for life itself. Thank you for our life, health and strength. Thank you for all the many things that you keep giving us, the sun, uh, the moonlight, uh, the cool breeze when it's hot outside, uh, the, the heat when it's cold outside. Lord, we thank you for all the things that we may take for granted. Lord, we're praying that you would just continue to humble us. You continue to encourage us, strengthen us, uh, elevate our minds, put us on a new platform, Lord. We're praying that you would just continue to be the head of our lives and everything we do that we would acknowledge you and your way because we know your ways are not our ways and our thoughts are not your thoughts so lord we're praying that through all things we would remember that there is joy in the midst of every storm so lord we're praying these many blessings we're praying for our loved ones our families our friends for their protection for their uh journey as they endeavor to be in your will we're praying for our unsaved family members our enemies lord we're praying for everyone that we would all find salvation and stay saved stay underneath the protection that you've given us so lord we pray these many blessings in your precious name jesus amen amen tonight we're talking about communion um i was i've talked about this uh, several times and I can't really recall if we've ever spent much time on it uh, during a Bible study. So I wanted to look at it briefly tonight um, because I know there's a lot of uh, concerns around it. There's a lot of wondering uh, why do we do it and or if we should do it or what does it even mean? So I wanted to go back and look at it uh, this evening. And we're coming from the book of Mark, the 14th chapter. And we'll start at verse 22 here. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread. 
and blessed, and brake it, and gave to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Now this verse tells us a lot. I know somebody out there doesn't see it, but I'm hoping that by the grace of God, it's going to take the Holy Ghost to see it. I know somebody's still going to fight it. Somebody's still going to argue. But he said, he, the scripture said he took bread and he break it and said, take, eat. This is my body. Now, what we do not know, what we do not think about is the fact that this is still the Old Testament. I know somebody will say, what are you talking about? This is in the book of Mark. That's the New Testament. We are still in the Old Testament. I know this. We consider it the New Testament. We find New Testament teachings in the four Gospels. But the New Testament did not begin until the book of Acts. We must remember the testament did not start until the testator died. That's what Paul told us. He told us the New Testament did not start until the one giving the testament, the testator, and we know the testator is Jesus, until he died and rose again. And even then, the Holy Ghost was not given until Acts, the second chapter. So if we put all of that together, we recognize, yes, we consider this the New Testament, but the New Testament has not actually began yet. Because even Jesus, we find him fulfilling the law. When the lepers came to him, 10 lepers. Notice who he sent them to. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. So he was there to fulfill the law. The law was not yet fulfilled until he finished the job. So anyways, let's get back to what we were. He said, he, the scripture says, he took bread, blessed it, and he broke it and gave to them. Now, he divided, no doubt, to 12 pieces to give to the 12. And he said, this is my body. Uh-huh. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, mm -hmm. and they all drank of it. Mm -hmm. And he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. This is, he said, this represents, that's all he's telling us. He said this, the bread represents my body. The wine represents my blood. He said, this is the New Testament. He was trying to teach us something. Melvin talked about it on last week's episode. 
he talked about how the Old Testament was full of things that were shadows of good things to come. The Old Testament was full of it. We seen circumcision throughout the Old Testament. It was a shadow of the Holy Spirit working on our hearts, cutting off the things that we don't need. We're not going to get into that. But that's what we find even here. We find bread and wine being a shadow of good things to come. Glory to God. So once those good things came, we no longer needed the shadow. See, once Jesus Christ came, we no longer needed the law. The law was fulfilled. We no longer needed to offer up sacrifices. We no longer needed to not eat certain meats. The law had come. We no longer needed to rest on the Sabbath day. The law was then fulfilled once Jesus Christ came, once he had died, rose again. So what we're reading here, excuse me, what we're reading here is a type and shadow of some good things to come. He talks about two different things in one place. I believe it's in John, the sixth chapter. We, we actually might be going there, but I don't know if we're going to get that verse. But he said to a multitude of people that followed him, he said, except ye eat of my blood, except ye eat of my flesh, and drink of my blood. He said, ye have no life in you. You don't have any life. Unless you do these two things. It's only two things. It's two things. But what do these two things represent? Remember, this is still technically the Old Testament. The Testament did not start until the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He told us in one place, he said, except I go away. The comforter will not come. You won't actually receive the real thing until I go away. You can continue using the bread and wine. It's representing what's to come. But until I leave, you won't get the real thing. So what I want to try to show you with the help of God is God that has to give the increase. I can talk all night and the next day, too. But he said, if you look carefully. At verse 22. It says, and as they did eat, Jesus took bread. Now, he said his body is this bread is represented by the bread. That's all he's trying to get us to see his body. This bread represents him. The bread represents him. But look at what he did with the bread. He blessed and break it. <laughs> 
into 12 parts for his disciples. He basically showed us what he was going to do with himself. God is a spirit, the Bible tells us. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. We got to receive the spirit. That's the only way we're going to be one of the true worshipers. So when we look at this scripture, he took himself and he said, I'm going to divide myself amongst my people. He said, a new thing I'm going to do. I'm going, I'm not going to be in the covenant of the ark. I'm not going to be over in Jerusalem or over in this place or over in that place. I'm going to get inside of them. He's going to be in the spirit form. And he's going to divide himself and become a part of each one of us. That's what he's showing us here. He blessed the bread. It represented him. It was a representation of him, what he was going to do. And he broke a part of this bread representing himself. He's going to give each and every one of us a part of him. That's what God did. God gives us his spirit. The Bible tells us there's only one spirit. Only one spirit. And if you say you have the Holy Ghost. You got to have the same Holy Ghost that I have. We cannot have two different Holy Ghosts. <laughs> We can't have two different spirits. So he had to take the same one spirit and divide that spirit to each and every one of us. He's no respecter of person. He's not going to give me a spirit that he didn't give you. He's no respecter of persons. So we find here, this is the true meaning of communion. This is the true interpretation of communion is not about actual bread and actual wine. It's not about it. That's not what this is about. God is a spirit. This is spiritual talk. That's what he went and talked to Nicodemus about. He said, except you're born again of the water and the spirit. Flesh and blood. He said, except you do these two things, you cannot enter. Flesh and blood. He told Nicodemus the exact same thing. Nicodemus didn't understand it. He said, how can a man when he's old, how can he go back into his mother's womb? Jesus said, after that conversation went on. He said, if I tell you earthly things, you can't understand those earthly things. How can I tell you something heavenly? So what we're seeing here is Jesus tells us earthly things. And somebody's going to say, I still don't understand it. But he had to use these earthly things to get us to comprehend heavenly talk. God is a spirit. And it's only one spirit. So for all of us to get the same 
one spirit. He had to break it, divide it, distribute it to every single one of us. He had to do it this way. All right. Uh, let's pick up verse 23 again. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And, mm -hmm. he, and he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. He said, This wine represents my blood that I'm going to shed. He hadn't shed any blood yet. He was going to shed it. He was planning to shed it. The wine represented water baptism. There's a reason we find the true preachers that Jesus trained. They went around talking to people about being born again, being water baptized in Jesus name. And being filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's flip over to Acts the second chapter real quick. We'll come right back over here. Acts 2 and 38. Now, right before this, verse 37, we won't pick it up. We always read it. But these people, Acts, Peter, and the rest of the apostles... Men and brethren, what shall we do? And this is what Peter said. Mm -hmm. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Blood. He said, Receive the blood of Jesus. He's saying it in a different way. These people recognize what the wine and bread meant. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. He opened up the understanding. This is what it meant. He said, receive the baptism in Jesus name. For the remission of sins. Paul told us, we're not going to pick all this up. Paul told us, he said. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So if that scripture be true, when we get over here, if he says, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, that tells me some blood had to be shed. Water and blood. They cannot be separated. I know you say we can go to the lab. And we can separate the water and blood from each other. According to God, they can't be separated. Moses went down to Egypt, to the Nile River, and he turned water into blood. Jesus' first miracle was turning water into blood. That's what the, that's what the wine represents. Water into blood. Jesus, when he was pierced in the side, the Bible tells us out came blood and water. When he prayed before he went to the cross, 
sweat dropped off of his head. The Bible said as if it were blood. These things are connected. You cannot separate the two. So if we get a true understanding of what these things meant, what the scripture meant, we would recognize you can't get great. <laughs> you can't go and pick up Welch's juice from Walmart and then say this is the blood of Christ. You can't do that. You can't go and buy the best bottle of wine that the ABC store sells. You can't go over to <laughs> Lindsay's Wine and Spirits and say, I picked up some of Jesus' blood there. No, no, sir. You can't do it. This has to happen at the water. That's what this represented. See, Peter, Peter, Paul, John, none of these people went around telling people, hey, you need to be taking that communion. They did, but not in the way that we think. They told us, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Paul went down in Acts the 19th chapter. If you don't believe it, you pick it up. In Acts the 19th chapter, he said, have ye received the flesh? Have you received the body of Christ since you believe? That's what he asked him. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Have you ate of his flesh since you believe? That's what he asked them. They said, we never even heard of the Holy Ghost. He said, well, what about the blood? Have you been dipped in the blood of Jesus? They said, no, we've been baptized by John the Baptist. When they heard his words, they got baptized again. Glory to God. They took the flesh and blood that same day they received the the holy ghost that's all the flesh represented was the holy ghost and they got baptized that's all baptism represented was the blood of christ that's why peter is saying this in acts 2 and 38 so let's move back over to where we were Mark 14 and verse, uh, let's pick up. Topped off at 24. Yeah, let's pick up. Um, there's another verse I wanted to get. Oh, I know what it was. I was meaning to leave here. Uh, let's, let's go to the book of John. I'm sorry. John 6 and let's look at verse 32 here. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. We know Moses gave them bread to eat. Really, it was God. But he said, Moses didn't give you that bread from heaven. Mm -hmm. But my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Now he's talking about the true bread. Now Jesus was just talking in Mark 14 and he said the bread 
That's his body. Uh-huh. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven. The bread is he that comes down from heaven. The bread is Jesus. We say we're going to receive the spirit of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you go and get the freshest loaf of bread from the bakery. It's doing nothing but representing the spirit. That's not the real thing. Once you get the real thing, you don't need the substitute anymore. The law was a schoolmaster. The law was nothing but a substitute until Jesus came to, to hold us over. To keep us until Christ got here. That's the same thing the bread and wine was. It was nothing but a substitute. To remember Jesus, his death. But now that he's rose again and now that he's given us his spirit. Why still hold on to the substitute? We found the Jews still holding on to the law, still holding on to the substitute. And he told him in the book of Corinthians, he said, look. You guys are taking the communion unworthily. That's why so many of you are sick. So many dead. We're taking these things unworthily. So communion, the bread and wine is not something you need to take when you have the Holy Ghost. When you have been baptized in Jesus name, because now you have the real thing. You have the real thing. Why hold on to the substitute when you got the real thing? You know, if you had a toy dog, but you really wanted a real dog, why would you hold on to the toy dog and say, well, this is this one's just doing just fine. I'm enjoying this one even more than I would enjoy the real dog. You know, that's not true. We're still holding on to the toy. But now we have the opportunity to receive the real thing. So let's keep going here. And giveth life unto the world. Mm -hmm. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the bread. I am the bread. Uh -huh. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now, this is what he told the woman at the well. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He was talking about the Holy Ghost. It's the same thing. He said, you'll be quenched. You'll never hunger. He's not talking about physically. You'll never ha have to eat again. He's talking about spiritually. You'll be filled. He said, I am that bread that was come down. Drop down to verse 41. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. <laughs> they didn't like it. 
they got upset because he said he is that bread. He is the spirit. God is a spirit. Jesus broke that bread. He was showing us what he was going to do. He told us he was going to send the comforter back. That's the Holy Ghost. He broke it into pieces, divided up for each one of us, all things common. Nobody is more important. He gave us all that same spirit. So we could all prosper from it. I thank God for it. I thank God that he broke his spirit and divided it up between us. Drop down uh, to verse 48. Not that any man has seen the father. 48. I'm sorry, 46. <laughs> I am that bread of life. Says it again. I am that bread of life. Mm -hmm. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. Mm -hmm. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. He came to bring life and that more abundantly. Go ahead. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. It's his flesh. It's his body. He says he is the bread over and over and over. But this represents the spirit. Because he said he would leave. But when he left, he said, I'm going to send back the comforter which is the Holy Ghost. And we find in Acts, the second chapter, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Each one of them got apart. All 120. All of them got one part of that same spirit. You can receive a part of that same spirit today. You don't have to hold on to wonder bread. You don't have to hold on to the Welches. He wants to give you something better than that. He wants to give you the real thing. See, that's what the Old Testament had all throughout. The Jews had the blood of a lamb. They went out, found the lamb, and they killed it and took the blood, put it over their doorpost. We now have access to the real lamb, Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. We now have access to that lamb. So why would we still go out into the field and find a lamb to receive that blood when we can receive the blood of Jesus? Why would we still hold on to that? It makes no sense. It's because of a lack of understanding. God told us, he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they don't understand. He said, there is no knowledge in the land. There is no knowledge. There is no understanding. But 
his disciples, he opened their understanding so that they could understand what these scriptures mean. Go ahead. The Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They said, how's he going to do this? That doesn't make sense. They didn't recognize he was going to send his spirit back and we would consume his spirit. Jesus told us in the book of Revelation, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open unto me. He said, I'll come in. And I will sup with him. I'll commune with him. You got to let me, though. He said, I will commune with you. If you allow me, it's going to be better than the bread and wine that we can get from the grocery store. This is going to be the true blood and body of Christ. This is the true thing. Go ahead. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Verily, verily. Now this is the same talk that Jesus did. We're going to get one more verse. This is the same talk that Jesus did in John chapter 3. He said, verily, verily, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. It's two things. I'm not the best person at math, but I recognize he said it's two things you got to do. It's two things. And if you don't, you won't enter in. You have no eternal life. Flip over that. Um, John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily. Same talk. Verily, verily. Truly, truly. Same talk. Same conversation. Different person. Different scenery, but it's the same talk same manner of speech he said verily verily uh-huh i say unto thee mm -hmm. except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of god except a man drink of my blood and eat of my flesh he cannot he can't enter into life he cannot so then we found in Acts chapter 2, the people wanted it made plain. They said, what do we need to do? Peter made it plain for him. He said, be baptized in Jesus' name. That's the blood. That's the water. And then he said, receive the Holy Ghost. That's the flesh. And that's the meat. That's all he was talking about. So how long will we reject the Holy Ghost? We read that a couple weeks ago, I believe now. And Stephen told him, he said, you do always reject the Holy Ghost. And people are always rejecting the baptism in Jesus name. We don't recognize we're fast to go and take communion. 
as in the Welch's juice or the wine to get drunk. We're fast to go and take that. But the baptism in Jesus name. He said, my God, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you must think I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't have to get wet and take a bath. But God is still able and God is still good. So I thank God for you guys, for those that are going to listen and, and wonder, are these things so? That's what Nicodemus wondered. He wondered if those things were so. So he continued on to find out. And I, I guarantee you, if you continue on, you will find out too. That is true. It's all there. So I thank God for you guys tonight. And at this time, I'm going to turn it back over into the hands of Melvin. All right, thank you. Um, good message. Um, hope you guys got something out of that. We answered a couple of questions or anything. We just hope you guys were touched by that message in any way, hopefully positive way. And, you know, just like last week's message, um, it relates a lot to it. So saying that the Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. I remember at least me, but I'm sure the majority of people as well. When we were kids, we had this um, toy grocery store. We had this little toy register and the fake fruit, and the fake candy. We would scan it. Then we had our fake money. But now that we're older and have our real money, we don't we don't still take that fake money into the a grocery store today. <laughs> Look at us like we're crazy. We don't take that fake money to a restaurant to the movies or to try to get into a sporting event. We don't we don't have we don't keep that around us anymore because we have the the real thing. So that's the same thing here. But we just have to get the correct understanding. Um in the 6th chapter of the book of John, we were just at, I believe it was verse 52, the Jews they said, "How is this man going to give us his flesh to eat?" Because they were looking at it with the wrong eye they were looking at it with the natural eye i remember t talking to somebody a while ago about baptism and that was like do you mean to tell me if i don't get into a tub that somebody poured some water out from a faucet that i'm gonna go to hell that mm -hmm. god's gonna be upset with me because they were looking at it from the natural eye and as i said plenty of times we as a human race have a lot of things backwards but one we we like to see it we always we know the saying i need to see it to believe it but it's actually the opposite i need to believe it to see it and at this very chapter jesus said um in verse three except the man be born again you won't be able to see the kingdom of god you won't be able to perceive you won't be able to understand so until you take those initial steps a lot of this is just gibberish i mean it's written in plain english but it's also written in code and God is going to do some water, some plant, but God gives the actual increase, but not until you do the initial steps. Water baptized in Jesus' name and get in the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, the promise, the comforter that gets you out of your comfort zone. So I pray that we all do that. We all take those initial steps. And if you have any questions about it, um, I remember a couple of weeks ago, that's why I'm so thankful for Nicodemus, because he asked the question, what do you mean be born again? Can a man enter into his mother's womb when he is old and be born? So 
I, I'm very grateful for the people who asked the question. How do you get baptized? How do you know if you have the Holy Ghost? Because a lot of people just sit there and listen to you and they'll never ask. Probably never cross their mind again until you bring it up again. So I'm, I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for the people that listen as well. I'm also grateful for the people that ask the questions because they follow along to know. They keep going. They want to continue. Because even even though baptism and um, getting the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's just the foundation. We have to continue. Later on in the second chapter of the book of Acts, it said they continued in the apostles' doctrine. And we will know if we continue on to know. So, as Tony said, I also thank God for you guys, whether you watch this live on Facebook. Again, this is a pre-recorded message. Or if you listen to it on the podcast later on, um, or even watch it on Facebook later on, I appreciate you guys. And there are no comments, as I've just stated. So, we're in it right there. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy, there's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm and each and every one of our lives because we all have storms but all of the storms have one thing in common they are temporary so again rejoice in the lord always count it all joy count it all joy and we'll see you guys next thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of god we hope you guys be blessed and make next week a great week in the lord we'll see you guys then thank you Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.